Welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 85. My great pleasure to be back with you today. Our wonderful millennial co-host, Gina Pirro, St. Francis College, class of 2017, is with us, as well as our IT expert, Helena Bronkovic. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our listeners, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models who take very bold steps in their work lives. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. His name is Ron Alford. Ron is the co-author of Redefining Possible, Proven Strategies to Break Belief Barriers and Create your new normal. Hello and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Ron. Hello, Greg. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. We want to dive right into the conversation. We've got so much to talk about today. But before we talk about this great book that you've co-authored, Redefining Possible, mm-hmm. kindly share with us a bit about your background and what you do at Southwestern Consulting, please. Yeah, will do. I, uh, so the brief version was a military kid growing up. Dad was 40 years military. My, my older brothers were both Marine Corps. And, uh, man, when I came back from Alaska after high school, back to Seattle area, uh, heard about a crazy summer job where we could sell educational books door to door and run your own business. 80 hours a week of face to face rejection. Uh, and I went from Seattle to all those summers. I went to Long Island, North Jersey, Connecticut. So I actually worked out in your, neck of the woods. And, uh, that is our parent company of Southwestern. That's, that's part of the Southwestern family companies. And so I was, I was there for 20 years. I was the director of the West coast in Canada. And we would lead, lead these thousands of students all from all around the world that would do this crazy summer job to pay their way through universities. And the real pay though, and it was funny, I was talking to my kids about this yesterday because I'm teaching my three kids how to run their own little businesses and learn and, and you know, manage their money. And, wow. and, uh, but we talked about the, the value of learning is so much more in the education than it is in the money, you know? And, and at the end of that first summer, I got a great check. I had, had more money than I ever imagined. And then I bought a brand new truck and I totaled that truck, no insurance, lost the truck three months later, the oh, money was no. gone. So the, the moral of the story for the kids, of course, is that the money will come and go, but the things you learn, I learned how to do and, you know, I'm sure I bored my kids to death telling them all these things. But uh, <laughs> so I was there for 20 years. And then eight years ago, I shifted over to Southwestern Consulting, which is a different part of our family of companies, still Southwestern. But that's where we do the coaching, training, speaking, uh, and bringing a lot of the principles and skills to the real world, to different businesses around the world. We are so blessed to have someone of your real Ron on. Thank God for Monday today. 
Well, glad to be here. So yeah, much. it's it's fun how we all, you know, we all have people impact us. I even this morning I've had people pouring into my own life. So hopefully there's some things here that hit people the right way. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that story. And we would love to know more about your book. So what inspired you and Dustin Hillis to write Redefining Possible? Yeah, Helena, I, I, uh, gosh, it was five, six years ago. So many of the things we coach on and keep in mind as I go through this, all of our coaches have coaches. So we by no means are, have got this stuff figured out. We have blind spots. We have areas where we need to be held accountable and kicked in the butt and encouraged. And, but we are fortunate that we have an impact. We, we, we have a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients that had over 16,000 coaching clients wow. in the last 15 years that are all one-on-one -on -one for at least a year or more. And, uh, and we, so many of the things we were talking about were consistent no matter what their title was. So this is to answer your question, Dustin and I were talking. Gosh, it doesn't matter if they're the CEO of a company or they're a new assistant or they're a, a, a long time, 30 plus year salesperson, or if they're just learning how to manage and lead, or if they're recruiting or what industry they're in, insurance or mortgage or real estate or medical device or roofing, or it literally didn't matter. So many of the things we were talking about were the same with each of them. And, and it just really was kind of dawned on us how it's, it's the similar challenges that we all face, you know, how we manage our time, how we have a clear vision for what we're going after, how we have accountability and, and adjust our habits. And so that, that kind of inspired the idea of like, you know, we got to get this in, 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 and just all of our stories too. Dustin and I have had some fun stories in life and, and, you know, failed a lot. We've got our butts kicked. And so that's cool to, to think about how we've, we've overcome. And so. That inspired the idea of, you know, to put this in, in on paper and, and developing a book. Wow. I can't believe that, um, you know, you, you face so much rejection and yet you seem to have stayed so positive and really overcome those challenges along the way. It's really inspiring. So could you tell us a little bit more about what your book, Redefining Possible, is all about and what you're hoping people would get out of reading this book? Yeah, Gina, it is. I, I think if there's one word, I'd say impact. It, it, the book culminates the seventh principle, if you will, or strategy in the book is, is, is how anything and everything we do in life is meant to make a difference in the lives of others. And we, Dustin and I had, had laughed because we had all these different, you know, over the years, you can accumulate some awards. I mean, all the listeners have had this where you got an award, you got a medal, you got something. And it was so neat. But then you realized, months or years later, oftentimes it was in a box in the garage and no one really cared that much about it. And, and, it, and the reality is it's like, man, the things we go through, it's meant to help others. And so, so many of these things in the book, you know, when we talk about ownership, when we talk about faith, I know we'll dive deeper into these topics, but it's how can these things be used? How can our pain and challenges and hurt and setbacks be used to lighten the, the, the load of others? Just like for us, we take inspiration from reading biographies, reading, you know, just incredible stories about our forefathers, people that built nations, people that built churches, people that built companies, but not just that it was easy, that they had setbacks. And so their, their stories impact us. And that's the goal of this book is that, that again, reminding us that our stories impact others as well. So. Absolutely. Sharing the good is what Brother Greg likes to call it, right? Learning from your own experiences and helping others with, with what you've learned as well. 
So one of the questions that we were also um, wondering is what, like, when have you redefined possible in your own life? You know, I'll start right with a a very big one. Uh, Five years ago now, my, one of my three kids was diagnosed with leukemia and, uh, you know, like any, anything like that, he was seven years old at the time. And so obviously that, that dropped his mom and I to our knees and just like everything changes the, on, on one day you're going after all these things. I was working on business goals. I was training for a, a, a running race. I was, you know, and, and the next day it's like, none of that stuff matters. Your, your seven-year-old is at Seattle children's hospital and you know, I'm Googling what is leukemia right. <laughs> to be honest. I, I honestly, I knew it was a blood cancer, but I didn't know much about it. And so the, the, answer your question for me is that was an example of something where in the, in the, the day, the first few days that followed, I was just a blubbering mess. But once I kind of composed myself and got my, my, my feet back within me or under me, uh, that's an example of redefining possible is that being in the hospital with him, being able to still be a dad with his twin brother and his little sister, you know, still as a husband and running a business and whatever, like your, the rest of your life doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, in a way, compartmentalize and focus on a whole nother level, that to me was really an incredible learning lesson. Thankfully, he's, he's now, he went through that for almost four years. He's now cancer free. So we're, we're on the other side of it, Thank but, God. uh, but it, it just really taught me like, man, you can be present. You can do so much more. It, it's right. When we think we're busy, we're not busy. Right. When we think this is hard, it's not hard. It's all perspective. And that, that was a very real and, and recent example of something for our whole family. I just shared my side of it, but watching how his brother thought, learned how to think differently as a twin that missed multiple birthdays and his life was turned upside down, you know, just, so it, it really was something that our whole family has just hung on and it, in a weird way. That's obviously been something now that we look back at with, with, with a sense of joy. That's so powerful. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but like you said, um, I think that, you know, with, with God, right. You made it through and hazards at forward advanced despite difficulties. No question about that. Our beautiful Seton Hall motto. And speaking of challenging, Ron, this has been quite a challenging year with COVID-19 certainly, which I believe has also impacted Southwestern. Uh, maybe you can share a little bit. How did Southwestern redefine possible? during this time of the pandemic? Yeah. So our, our part of it, Greg, I'll, I'll speak to side of the Southwestern family of companies is about 25 companies, but, but Southwestern consulting for us, we have done a lot of workshops, a lot of the ways we meet teams initially, whether it's a big state farm or Keller Williams or Northwestern, you know, like some of these big, big companies are everywhere. Um, or if it's like a mom and pop or a, or more of a boutique type team is we'll come in and we'll do a, a, a live in-person workshop, a complimentary customized workshop. We'll build trust. We'll make connections. We'll, we'll really develop rapport and we'll also find a need of people that would want to invest in more one-on-one coaching ongoing. All that to say, most of everything that we do began in person. It began with a handshake, eye contact, you know, and, and so obviously uh, just, you know, a little over a year ago that we had Dozens and dozens and dozens of workshops within a matter of a couple of days that were just canceled. Um, 
And so learning how to read, you know, obviously the word of the year was pivot, right? How everybody kind of shifted and <laughs> just like my three kids that are still virtually schooling outside of that door right now. Oh, wow. They've, they've learned how to, you know, and I'm sure like a lot of your listeners, this isn't unique. Um, but for our company, that was it. It's just having all of our, and we're such a family culture. Like we have 120 coaches. We have some in, you know, one of my teammates, Dana's in Brooklyn and, and we have a number of them in Omaha, Nebraska. We have a number of them in Estonia and Brazil and Alberta, Canada. And we would come together multiple times a year in Nashville, where our headquarters is at. And we would break bread and celebrate and be a family and learn and teach and have fun and all these things together. Well, as you guys can relate, all that stuff's been canceled. And, and so just being able to, to still have that, that culture, still have the family atmosphere, Obviously, using forums like we are right now with Zoom um, has helped. But we, in spite of a crazy March and April where our sales plummeted and our business plummeted, we were able to kind of pick back up in May and beyond. And we ended up having an up year, even though doing pretty much everything virtually and pretty much shifting our whole model from an in-person company to a virtual company. So it's pretty neat to, to think. Yeah, and I think that's great. What I would love to know is how do we do that in our work and home life? How do we begin to bust through complacency in our work and home life, especially when there's so many of us that are fatigued from the pandemic now? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing I'm, I'm sitting here thinking is, is number one, acceptance, right? Acceptance is the beginning of so many things. What I resist persists. So when I resist that I'm on Zoom and I've got Zoom fatigue, or I resist that my kids can't go to school and they're outside the door of my office. Um, or when I resist all these things that are, you know, when I go for a long training run tomorrow or next weekend in the, in the trails or mountains around Seattle and it's pouring down rain, when I resist that rain, I suffer. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's my resistance to what is or, my, or reality that causes my suffering in life, right? And so I, I really am just such a convicted believer more and more every day the first step for any of that is acceptance. And when we can, when we can accept it and breathe it in, what, what if we learned tomorrow? What if all of us realized, heard tomorrow, you know, all the government around the world came out and said, you know what, this thing's gotten worse. You know, we're going to be in lockdown for at least two more years. But let's just imagine that happens. Uh, hey, this isn't that bad. Come on, we can do this. Like, you know, like at first we're going to resist it and fight it. And you're, you know, we would, you know, pick it in the streets or whatever, you know, <laughs> but then it's like, if we had to, right. I mean, think of how many humans have had to go through things much tougher and they still found joy. They still found, and again, Greg, when you, when you're opening, I love what you guys stand for. You know, you talked about hope. They still found joy and, and, and happiness and inspiration in, in, in things. So I, Helena, your question, I think, you know, when, when I talked about our business pivoting, I think it's the same thing in, in my life. I know I'm, I'm, I've struggled with this like everybody, but when I'm accepting, accepting the challenges, you know, of being in this office, even though usually I'm out seeing people and I'm having lunches and I'm doing happy hours and I'm, you know, I'm like a lot of you guys, I'm sure, right? We, we, we all feed off of people and social things. And well, yeah. I've been living in this home office a lot more lately. Oh, well, could be worse. Come on, let's shine. Let's make the most of it. You know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I think uh, acceptance yeah. is first. Acceptance above all. 
But I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Imagine this happens for two more years, but gladly yeah. it, it's probably not going to happen. But what would you say? Because we know that it's going to happen for the next few months and we know this year is going to be unpredictable. So what would you say? Um, what steps we can take to set a proper vision plan or even goals that can help us redefine possible this year? Yeah, I think, and I actually just kind of peeked around off the cuff here to see if I had a, um, oh, I always got one of these near me. And, and sorry for the, the quick little audible. Okay. This is a, a little journal. It's an example. I'm not promoting this particular journal. A- any journal can do. But, but honestly, getting still and getting quiet, one of the most important things for me is waking up and not looking at this. And if you're, if you're listening and can't see my video camera, you're like, what do you say? You know, that's my <laughs> cell phone. Um, but not waking up and starting my day with, well, I wonder how the stock market's doing. I wonder what my emails have. I wonder what social media is telling me is going on good or bad. Like, no way. Getting still. Obviously, if you're a prayer, if you get into the word of God, if you get into any type of devotional, any type of positive reading, this is a five minute journal. That is, is an example of something that starts off, and, and if you open it up, one of the first things I am grateful for. And, and so we get what we look for. If, if we started our morning, let's say all of our listeners wake up at, at 6 o'clock, which is pick a time. Literally by 6.20, that could alter the course of our day, how we spend that first 20 minutes of our morning. You know, just waking up and just thinking about what's what we have, man, my fingers still work. My legs still work. I got out of bed. I'm walking. I'm moving. I'm, man, I'm breathing. I got fresh air. My house is still warm. I have a roof over my head. I'm, you know, and, and literally, you know, if you have a, a pet, if you have loved ones in your house, all those kind of things you have that you still have, all of a sudden by 620, you're looking for things that are good in the world. You're seeing all the things. Your focus totally changed on all the things that are good versus, you know, looking at the phone and seeing, oh, oh gosh, I got a lot of emails of people that need me this morning or so, some sort of a woe is me type moment, or I got a lot on my calendar today. So I, I really do believe the way we begin and end our days. I know I just kind of walked us through an example, starting our mornings, but the same thing with the evening. If I just, you know, my, my wife and I joke, we watch, uh, Sometimes we watch shows called Dateline or 48 Hours. Some of you guys have heard <laughs> yeah. 2020, those kind of, and you know, they're, they're murder shows. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not the most positive shows. And we had a few nights where we would watch that and then we would go right to bed. Oh no, no. That's setting up for, for oh. failure there. <laughs> right. I mean, how, how ignorant are we? Um, and obviously when you do that, you watch the show, it's usually a husband wife type thing. And it's like, Good night, honey. You know, I hope you didn't put something in my water. <laughs> but uh, obviously my point with all that is like not going to bed just after, you know, after TV or what, like just taking 10 minutes, like how, whatever nightly routine you have. Do you pray? Do you give thanks? Do you text three people how much you appreciate them? And wh- whatever, something that helps you have a different perspective. I think you wake up the next morning with a different energy. I, I like to think I sleep better you know, when I have that as well. So that is so cool. I love the idea of putting this into your routine, even if it's just for five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, I know when I wake up and I don't give myself enough me time in the morning, it really puts me into a mood that I'm not happy because all I'm thinking about is, okay, I got to walk the dog, got to feed the dog, got to go to work. And it Mm. never gets 
to be that five minutes where I'm just thankful for waking up. Well so. said. I, I, I can totally relate, Gina. That's spot on. Yeah. But this is something that I think we could all try, even if it's just for five minutes. Um, now, for people like me, Ron, do you have any ideas on what are some of the common roadblocks that hold us back from living a life like that, a life of purpose and gratitude? Yeah. I, I mean, we, again, we could, this is so fun to get to talk about this stuff with you guys and, and we could talk the rest of this week about it. Right. So I, I would say two things. One is self-talk and the second is the people we associate with, you know, there, there's the old saying, there's an old author called Charlie Tremendous Jones that used to always say, we're going to be the same person a few years from now, you know, uh, other than the people we associate with and the books we read. And so if I hang around with people that are bringing me down, they're pessimistic, they're looking, Hey, the, they're, I, I want to have compassion for them. They're, they're not bad people, but they really affect my mood, right? Call, let's call them naysayers, doom and gloomers. You know, ah, oh, I'm a worse dad. I'm irritable. I'm less empathetic. I, I just, so I've got to notice when I'm hanging around that kind of crowd, right? Maybe they just use foul language constantly or they gossip a lot or whatever. That to, to me, that really, I just don't feel very big. I don't feel very full and, and joyful when I'm around that. And so I've got to notice how do I get myself around people that are, that are lifting me up as much as I'd like to think, as much as pride tells me, ego tells me, arrogance tells me that I can do it on my own. It's ridiculous. I am influenced heavily by the people that I am around. And, 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 and I have to remind myself that. So that's, that's the first one, Gina is, um, just really thinking through, man, am I, you know, for my wife and I doing a small group on Wednesday nights, you know, it's for us personally, it's a Bible study. Every Monday morning, I do a nonprofit Bible study where it's just certain things like that, that start your day, right? They, they, they help my marriage or things like that it makes a big difference. That's so awesome. No doubt about that. Now, one of the awesome concepts you talk about is this creation of a vision board. And we're very curious how may this has impacted your life. Any suggestions on creating a vision board and maybe even sharing with us an example, Ron, if you'd be so kind, please. Yeah. Yeah, Greg, I love it. It's, and I, and I hope our listeners don't, I think sometimes we hear things like self-talk or a vision board. And I, I struggled with this because I was a military kid and there wasn't a lot of fluff in my house growing up. It was just, you know, boy, get your stuff done. And so all these kind of like starry, things just felt kind of like awkward or a little forced at first. Um, so I hope for each of you guys, it, let, let's, let's not label it anything. Like the whole science behind a vision board is that our minds think in pictures. That's, that's as simple as that. And so all it is is thinking through what are the types of things I want to be? What are the character traits I want to be known for? If I describe you, let's just say, Gina, you and I were childhood friends mm-hmm. and I've known you for a long time. And Helena is asking me about you. What are the things I would say about you? Right. You know, I, I would talk about how generous you are. I would talk about what a great listener you are. I would talk about how much when you walk in a room, you just have such great eye contact and even your facial expressions light up. I would say all these things, you're, you're, you're quick to forgive. You're, you know, you, all these things about you. What are the character traits we want to be known for? Right. What are the things we want to do? Man, I want to see the seven continents. I want to see beautiful mountains. I wanted to climb the Grand Canyon. I wanted to, you know, so all these kind of things you want to do. And then anything else you want to have, you know, I'd love to have 
a little lake house for my family someday where I can invite people to. I'd love to have a, you know, so what, what are those kind of things you would want to have as well? And so all those things, I'm, I'm guessing all the listeners would be inspired to think about those things. All a vision board is, is finding illustrations, words, or pictures that represent all those things you just thought about and talked about and putting me on a dang board. That's it. Mm-hmm. Let's not make it more complicated <laughs> than that. I love this idea of a vision board. And I like that you can make it your own. Like you could make it as complex or as simple as you want. Um, but also it just reminds me of something that I struggle with that I'm sure other people do too, which is if you don't have a vision for your life, um, the direction that you're going could lead anywhere and you can have control over the direction, but you need to take that time to really analyze right now. Like, where do I want to get to? Cause if I just go and walk and don't know where I'm going, eventually I could be doing circles and winding up in the same spot my whole life. Doesn't that sound horrible? Doing circles and ending up in the same state, like what you just described. That sounds like hell on earth. And I, and I, and I, and I don't even mean to be funny by that. Like literally, and that's, and that's why I'm amening everything you're just saying right there, because without a vision, we wander, you know, without a clear idea of what we're going after, we go through the motions. Like you, you all have heard that expression of going through the motions. It sounds horrible. I don't ever want to look back at a day or a week or life and say, I went through the motions. Unfortunately, I'm embarrassed to say I have, I've had some days like that. Um, I've had some weeks like that. But, but, but obviously as quick as we can turn that around and re reignite or put, put new fuel in the tank or new logs on the fire, however you want to look at it, that fire burns hot and, and, and it kind of reignites what we're going after. And so that's all the vision is. It's keeping, keeping the fire lit, keeping our, our destination clearly in focus of what we're going after. Um, and it's hard. I know a lot of listeners say, well, gosh, I don't know what my vision is. I'm with you. It doesn't have to be. It's not like we all have this sign from God necessarily. Not all of us. Um, sometimes it's just praying about it and thinking through things. And, and that's why I said, starting with the be, do, have, make a list of all the character traits you want to be known for. I want to be known for being loyal, man. I want to be determined. I want to be this. I want to be that. And, and, and or things you want to do or have. And then you start finding those pictures and it, it lights up. Yes, thank you so much. I think what you said about the vision board was very, very powerful and what you showed us, what you have with your vision board. Um, also, I wanted to go back really quickly to what you said about something that can help us, uh, things we do daily that can help us um, achieve better things. So five minutes um, to think about what you're grateful for, uh, a gratitude uh, journal. So what are some other positive daily habits that can help us build resiliency? This is an example of what's called a 40-day challenge. Behind this, I have what's called a 21-day challenge. These are, these are pieces of paper. There's obviously nothing fancy about them. Um, I keep these with me at all times, always. I was in eastern Washington last week. I'm on a flight to Denver this week. Um, I'll be back to, like, it doesn't matter if I'm on a flight. It doesn't matter where I'm at. So these are things that remind me to control the things I can. And so to answer your question, this is every, every couple of weeks or every, every month, whatever it is, I'm going to reset and start a new one of these. And, it, and it's things that I can control. I can't control mortgage interest rates, weather, governmental policies, you know, all these racial, you know, climate pandemic stuff. Like there's all that stuff that would just give me anxiety if I lived in that world. 
but man, I want to look at this. This is the stuff like affirm my wife, you know, spend quality time with my kids, get a great workout in, whether it's rain or shine in Seattle. Um, we always say the last question, um, the most important question for last, I'm sorry. And that okay. is from where can our loyal listeners purchase Redefining Possible and how can they best follow you or contact you? You got to fly to Seattle. Come visit me. I got books in my office here. <laughs> we make it difficult. I love challenges. No. Um, well, gosh, anywhere books are sold, right? Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that. Redefiningpossible.com. Um, you know, I'm, of course, on Instagram and, and LinkedIn and all that good stuff, too. So, yeah, thank you, though, for asking that. But Amazon's a great one. Any of those are good. Thank you so much, Ron. This has been a really wonderful show. We've learned so much. And again, listeners, please connect Ron Alford, last name spelled A-L-F-O-R-D, and his book, Redefining Possible, after you've connected with Ron. Also, if you haven't already, remember to connect with us on our Thank God for Monday social media. You could find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Nina, thank you so very, very much. Helena, thank you so very much. Ron Alford, author, co-author, along with Dustin Hillis of this great book, Redefining Possible. We can't thank you enough for coming on Thank God for Monday today. Uh, someone said, you've enlightened us. You've much more inspired us. So thank you very, very much. And listeners, Amen. sadly, we're out of time once again. Gina, Helena, and Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Ron Alfred does, you'll say, thank God for Monday.